What's up, pals? It's your host, Hannah Bowers, and welcome to another episode of the Powell Podcast. This is very exciting because it is still the beginning of the Powell Podcast, and this is our very first interview episode. So I'm going to continue doing solo episodes, but also really important as PAL is all about collaboration and community and creatives that I lift those voices of the PAL community. So we are going to be doing one of those interviews today with a good friend of mine and an amazing artist, Astrina, aka Casey Astorino. Casey is going, I'm going to interchange actually between calling her Casey and Astrina because she does go by both of those names. Astrina is her artist name, how you can look her up on social media or listen to her music, Astrina. And her, uh, I don't want to say real name because what is real, you know? Um, But her other name is Casey Astorino. Um, We will talk about how we met, um, but I have known her since college. We went to college together. We were roommates. We created together. We helped each other grow from the very beginning. So we have a really important friendship, and she deeply, deeply, deeply inspires me because of how authentic, you know, because Pal values authenticity, authentic she is in a very powerful way. There's not a lot of artists I know that are like her. Um, And she has a lot of interests and she has a lot of sides to her. So I just really value that. Um, And she's going to be her very first interview. And we have some other amazing interviews with other creative people lined up. So look out for all of that. Look out for everything. It's amazing starting all of this with you and um, just the kind of chaos of starting a company and starting a podcast, starting a community. We have an Instagram account now too. That's new, uh, at the pal community. Um, so all of these things are happening and it's really fun and oh my gosh, it's just the beginning. There's going to be so much goodness ahead. So stick around and let's have some fun. Um, a little bit about Astrina. Astrina is a multifaceted musician and independent artist who writes and produces her music from her home studio in Los Angeles, which is where we recorded the episode of this podcast. Her ethereal and dreamy pop sound is inspired by her mystical experience of reality. She believes there is more to the world than meets the eye, and her songs will pull you into that deeper nature of existence. And absolutely they will. I will say that from experience. You can really get a glimpse into how she experiences life by listening to her music. And it's really, really cool. Uh, We also talk about how she started as a musician in a more classical realm. And she became a pop artist, uh, indie pop. So that's a really cool transition that we get into. Her debut album, Between the Mirror, was inspired by her experiences when she began to struggle with bipolar disorder which we talk a lot about in the episode, mental health, depression, anxiety, and the tools that we have available to us to use and the things that work for Casey specifically. Her second album will explore the ups and downs of having big dreams and of pursuing huge, seemingly impossible goals, which I'm sure none of us creative people relate to at all. Um, really exciting. We talk about that and, and that experience as, a, as an artist and a creative person. But that album is actually uh, releasing on May 4th. So I'm not 100% sure when this episode is coming out, but I know it's around that time. So that's really cool. Look out for that. 
And Casey is also a certified yoga instructor, and we talk about those connections between yoga and creativity and music. I am a big yogi myself, so I really, really love and respect that. And I think that's all I have to say. I really just want to save the rest of it for the conversation. It is an amazing one. I feel like we entered a vortex and all of a sudden the conversation was over. Um, It was very natural and very beautiful. And I'm really lucky to have had my first podcast interview experience um, with someone like Casey that made it so fun and so easy. So I'm just going to hand it off to a past version of myself. Take it away, HB. Casey Astorino. Hannah Bowers. Welcome. Thank you so much. I am super excited. And for the listeners out there, um, I've never done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have been a producer of a podcast before. Uh, writing questions for guests and finding guests and being in the room while the conversation is happening. Um, But now here I am and I'm the host and I'm asking the questions and it feels, it feels cool. It feels weird. (laughs) (laughs) Doing great. (laughs) Um, But we are the first, in the first like 60 to 100 seconds in. So, you know, I'm sure we'll get used to it, (laughs) but just want to be vulnerable with that part of the process too for, Um, everyone listening and with a whole process of putting PAL together as a whole and everyone's creative process I want to be as like transparent and like vulnerable as as possible about like it's not always a pretty journey or an easy journey and things are never like you don't just have a completely beautifully written produced mixed mastered song like the second you open (laughs) your mouth (laughs) definitely not and um You don't have a bright and shiny uh, podcast the first second that you start your interview. So that's the beauty of creativity. That's the beauty of creativity. Here we are in Casey Astorito, my very first podcast guest's studio in Los Angeles, California. Welcome. (laughs) Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then Casey to kind of ground us into this moment. How are you feeling right now? I feel excited. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel um, a lot of energy. Yeah. But it I f- it feels like this is going to be fun. Okay. Yeah. I'm having fun already. Me too. <laughs> I'm going to start with a question uh, that I like to start most PAL conversations, workshops, like gr- gatherings with, ones that are like small group, not large group, because it'd be really hard to have everybody at like... <laughs> a concert do this although I'd love that so maybe that's a goal um later there's no right or wrong way to answer this question okay tell me who you are what you do and why you do it well I am an artist and a creative I mostly make music but I think creativity just expresses itself through whatever it feels like expressing itself um, in the moment. So as an artist, I just feel like I channel that energy. energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wait, who I am, what I do, and why? Why? So why is that? I think that experience of channeling creativity is like the most beautiful thing in life for me. And that's what I live for. And 
I just like want to share the experience that I have when I'm creating Mm -hmm. with the world. Yeah. Thank you for the beautiful answer. It's almost like you've answered that question before. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Not exactly like all together. (laughs) Oops. Sorry, microphone. It's okay. Um, But I've probably answered individually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Good question. Thank you. I love that question because that's why I created PAL, you know, for people to get to know each other. Um, Do you want to answer? Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could answer that question differently every day, you know, which yeah. is why it's so cool. Um, sure, Casey, for you, for you Explore my the host. podcast co-host, switching, switching sides of the table here. There's no table. Well, there's tables, but we're not we're behind them. <laughs> just so you know, we're on a couch. It's very cozy. It's from Ikea, and I, I recognize that from the smell. <laughs> I have never seen this couch before in my life, but I walked in and I said, something in here is from Ikea. Affordable furniture. <laughs> yeah. The sponsor. Uh, spon- no, they didn't sponsor us. I don't even know if I'd want to be sponsored by Ikea. I, I don't, don't think know. I know enough about their them. Yeah. Can't say I do. Yeah. Anyway, the question <laughs> at hand. Uh, I am Hannah Lorraine Bowers. I am an artist and an entrepreneur and a multifaceted being who loves life. (laughs) And I do all of those things because it was my purpose. And that is why I was summoned here by whatever force at hand. (laughs) I was brought here to be me. It's a great answer. That's my answer for today. That's lovely. Yeah. I don't I hope it works for you. Well, thank you for sharing. I actually don't care if it works. What is working? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanna tell these listeners uh, just a little bit about why I brought you on to be the first guest. Sure. Uh, and a little bit of our history so that they know our context. Cool. Um, and I met Casey at music school in a, a, in a songwriting class. Was to, that the first class we had together? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. We were also in the production or live music production class, but we didn't really talk in that one. <laughs> this I'm not remembering this, but I... With Ken Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. You in that class? Yeah. <laughs> it wow. was a big class. <laughs> it was, I guess we sat on You have a presence. It was though. a large room. Yeah. You know, so if you weren't on my side of the room, I probably, that's weird. I'm sorry. No. I, I vividly remember songwriting class with you. Well, that was a more intimate, engaged setting. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful that we are here now. We've come so far in our <laughs> artist journeys, and we also used to live together. Yeah. For a year. A year. A year, but it that felt like longer. That was like <laughs> probably like the most fun living situation yes. that could be. Definitely. Definitely. A house of very creative people in and out. Art being made constantly. Yeah. New experiences, new adventures, laughter. Really open and mm-hmm. just great Deep. energy. 
Yeah. And I have, well, Casey and I have watched each other in our uh, journeys. Someone recently said to me, they were like, I kind of like gag at the word journey now because really? like <laughs> I've just used it so much. And I'm mm, like, you know what? That's worrying. Like, yeah, it does get used a lot. Maybe for good reason. Yeah, but... cliches are cliche for a reason. Yeah. I don't know that it's quite at cliche level, but anyway, yeah. I welcome you to use the word journey. On our journeys. <laughs> um, and Casey really inspires me. Thanks, Hannah. You inspire me. Yeah, thank you. And I'm just really excited about your growth and everything that you've built and everything that you continue to build. And PAL is all about growth and creativity and community. And we have lived through all of those things yeah. together. So um, I think it's really important for people to hear your story. And I, I want them to be inspired by you in the ways that I have. And I think you have a <laughs> lot to offer and say. And your voice is so important. And I want to amplify it. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, that That's makes me happy to hear. <laughs> awesome. A very vivid memory that I have is after our songwriting class together, we hadn't really talked about like artistry. You know, we were just like writing songs, Yeah, I feel like. And I feel like you reached this moment, a very pivotal moment where you dove fully into I want to be an artist. Yeah. That was around that time. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me about that moment of or era of realization? Yeah. It was like I was already in music. Um, I was just so I was composing like classical style music, a lot of piano pieces and then for other traditional instruments, too. Um and I was set on film scoring. So it's interesting because I was already an artist, but I was not happy studying traditional music mm -hmm. just because that particular composition program based creativity in a very technical way, which I'm happy I learned at this point, but I did not feel that my creative style was accepted or nurtured mm. or um yeah so I actually was like well and that at the time that was the only kind of music I made and I was close to being like maybe I don't even want to be an artist mm -hmm. and then I wrote my first song about that feeling and I had written poetry before mm -hmm. but I'd never really been like oh those two things can go together mm -hmm. um and I had this big oh moment where I was like, this is what, I mean, I thought maybe this is what I could do. And I like that summer, that was before I actually took songwriting. I started like producing my own songs for the first time. And I made like three songs and I made them super quickly. I didn't know that much about production. I just knew what I knew from film scoring. Mm. So I went into that songwriting class kind of like hopeful. I guess. And then during that phase, it just kind of solidified like, oh, I really love this. This feels like because in high school, I had like acted too and stuff like that and performing and songwriting. It just 
felt like bringing together all the aspects of art that I loved. And that semester I was taking my first like pop performance class too. So it was all just kind of coming together. And yeah, I feel like I got to really explore that and become more of an artist in myself. Yeah. Wow. That is such a moment of alignment. Yeah. Having all of those passions, realizing the connections between all of them. And also really interesting to originate or spark, you know, from this place of doing something creative, classical music Mm -hmm. and composition, film scoring, which is artistry in itself. Definitely. But there was a part of your artistry that was limited. Yeah. Yeah, it it didn't feel quite right Mm -hmm. for me. Can you tell me more about that song? What was that that first song that you wrote? Was that the first song that you had ever written with lyrics? I I had written like one kind of song in high school, I guess, um, after like a breakup. But I I never Naturally. really like that was the first time I felt like I really created something that was like an expression of me and that drove me to like write more songs like the other Mm -hmm. one was kind of like a one-off I'm not really feeling this still writing classical music and yeah so it feels like that was my real first song Mm -hmm. but technically I'd written one song before got you and I'm just so I'm really going to dig into this because I think that that's such a pivotal moment a lot of people don't realize that they can write songs yeah I believe anybody can write a song Um, they may not know that they have that talent that capability that potential Mm -hmm. but I feel like as long as you are either shown the light or you just are awakened into it like I feel like everyone can do it they may not all be um Bob Dylan (laughs) that was the first first songwriter that popped in my head good for Bob (laughs) (laughs) um but I think that they all can do that so did you were you like I'm gonna write a song or were you like something's happening to me (laughs) definitely something's happening to me I just like yeah I mean whenever I wrote poetry it was like that like I just had to write it Mm -hmm. um music came more naturally and like automatically like writing on piano and stuff it was just like a headspace I put myself in and it just like the creativity flowed. But with words, it like at the time at least had to come from like instant inspiration of that moment. So, yeah, it really felt like this just I just have to say Happens. this. Do I know the song? No. Oh, no. after this, I might have to <laughs> hear it. I'm really curious. I can show you. It's uh yeah. And then you wrote this song and then you started producing and wrote three more songs. At the time, yeah. And then I kind of, I just like, those three came out super fast. Yeah. And then I kind of like paused, like, wait, do I, can I really do this? And then I took yeah. the songwriting class and the performance class and it kind of like solidified from there. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about 
the production part of it like you said that you had this experience from, from you know film scoring so it yeah. wasn't totally foreign to you yeah so I knew how to like I guess the reason I say I didn't know that much about production was I didn't know much about sound design mm-hmm. um I knew about arranging and like how to like use MIDI and like mm-hmm. simple stuff but I knew nothing about mixing mm-hmm. um yeah, so I basically was able to put the mu- straight musical arrangement ideas into the computer. Okay. Um, but if I listened to it now, I'd be like, this is musically cool, but it yeah. sounds pretty bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you had, on a technical note, like you had a MIDI keyboard. Yeah. And and I was using Logic. Logic, uh vocal mic yeah i had a mic and instruments i had a mic because i used it to record piano at the time but okay um still a mic i use (laughs) yeah i love that energy and that determination that creative people have when they want to do something they feel called to do something it's like they will just use whatever they have yeah to create the thing that they need to create yeah so then you made these songs, you took your songwriting class. At what point were did it kind of solidify into I am going to be this artist and thinking about your identity and your sound and your brand and your am I going to make social media accounts for this? Like how does this yeah. all come together into something solid? Social media aspect is interesting because I was, I didn't understand what a brand was Mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. I even remember talking to you about this. Yes, I do too. (laughs) Yeah, you like brainstormed with me and I was like, I don't know how to put all these, this feeling I have of who I am Mm -hmm. into words and images. I was like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was just like a slow journey. The moment I decided like, there's two major like things that happened that made me feel more confident, which unfortunately came a lot from external validation, mm-hmm. which has actually been a journey mm-hmm. for switching my where my confidence and my art stems from because it started with external validation. The first moment was actually in <clears throat> that live music production class. Um, a manager came in and they were very much... They were an interesting type of manager. They're like, talent is talent and ideas are good. And if you don't have that, like, give up. You're never going to make it. Yeah. It felt like that. Get out of the industry. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was kind of like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they ha- were having people stand up and be like, who are you? Kind of like that. Like, what do you do? I hate that. And <laughs> I most, was there. Yeah. I, I don't remember it. Maybe I repressed it. I hate that so much, but keep talking. Most of the people, <laughs> they were like kind of shutting down. Like, yeah. you need to clarify that. And yeah. they meant well, but they liked what I said. I was starting to develop this vision of knowing I wanted, like, I always knew where my creative inspiration came from and knew that that was what I wanted to share. And even when it was film scoring, I chose film scoring because it was an integrated art that I felt like was super immersive. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of developing this idea and they liked the way I explained it where I was like, I just want to create a really immersive experience for this reason. And they were like, 
okay, come sing a song for us. <gasps> and they made me like get up in front of the class and sing acapella. Um, Where was I? Not that this is about me. I'm just like, I was not there. You might not have been. <laughs> this sounds like one of those stories that you hear on a podcast. It is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So you got on stage. So you I got on acapella. stage. I sang acapella and he like loved the song and he was a pretty big manager. Um, And he was like, wow, like talk to me after. And I, I went about pursuing that relationship in a very naive way and like in a timid way and so nothing really came of that relationship but just being recognized by someone deep in the industry Mm -hmm. made me feel like oh maybe I do have what it takes Mm -hmm. so there was that and that inspired me to end up like diving deeper into the pop music program and I took uh, the pop music program is a is a college major yeah, at the at university USC. that we were at, just FYI for people listening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a degree. Yeah. So there was this uh, study abroad program in London mm-hmm. where you basically got divided up into bands and played original music. Um, and that was the first time I got to like play my original music with a band on a stage in like cool venues. Mm. And I just loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started playing bass at the time, like really recently, and like fell in love with that. It was the first time I picked up a different instrument. And yeah, so once again, I had like an external validation moment. Some guy at one of the shows we played at the Bedford, and he was like the host. Um, and he was like from a one hit wonder band. Um, what band? I love I'm one hit blinking, wonders, but it was like an '80s one hit wonder. Oh, okay, um, so curious. I know I'm gonna have to remember, but he like came up to me after and was like, "You're a star. You're a star." <laughs> and listen to me. Yeah, he was, it was. I very, know. Like, <laughs> I'm a one hit wonder. Yes. So at that moment, I was like, "Wow!" Like <laughs> another person who's like actually in the industry has recognized me, and like, yeah, I just felt like, oh, maybe I can stand out in this world where everyone's trying to stand out. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that pushed me forward. But I have noticed to this day the problem with like other people being the source of what made me feel like I can do this mm-hmm. is a problem. Um, or it's not ideal. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that's something that we can, like, really dig into, you yeah. know, because, like, it's not like any of those things are bad. Praise is good, mm-hmm. and we are, like, wired to feel good when we receive it. It's just not something you can depend on. E- exactly. Yeah. It's not the core source of energy from which you can build your life, your career, your art. Yeah, and also what I noticed was... And I actually wrote on that trip a line that has rung true to me till this day, which mm-hmm. is the closer the light, the more shadows you see. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I like stared at the light when you said that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it's such a true metaphor. And in the time, like I meant to, I like, I had this very huh. spiritual moment where I like saw my journey. I was like, the closer I get to my goal, the more far away it's going to seem. And I understand that more now. I didn't know why. It was just one of those moments where I was like, I have to write this line. Yeah. But 
basically when you're further away from what you want, it's this more intangible idea. And the more intangible it is, the more you're able to just like have faith, like for no reason. Um, You're just able to be like, this is a massive potential that I can 100% believe in it. And the more tangible it gets, it's less about that faith. It's more about what's actually in front of you. Mm -hmm. And that's just less of a dream. Mm -hmm. And it's harder to see it becoming like the big intangible thing that. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that funny? I I think about that a lot with like, like manifestation, for example, which (laughs) we could talk about. Um, But the idea of when it's a dream and you are disconnected from it when you're dreaming it, because a lot of times you aren't the person in the dream. You're like Mm. looking at it. Yeah. Like third person style. Yeah. It's funny. The song that I sang in that class that I was talking about was called Bird's Eye. And like that song was inspired by a moment where I was like mm. watching my life from a bird's eye view. Yeah. Um, so that felt relevant. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then when you also do that, it's like the practice of living the dream. It's like we when we fantasize what that end goal looks like, which is weird to phrase it as like an end goal. That doesn't mean like end, like it's never over. <laughs> but a lot of times that's what it feels like when we're mm-hmm. thinking about it, especially when it's so far away. But we don't think about everything it's going to take to get there. Yeah. And even though it can be achievable and a, the the journey is beautiful, the journey is life. That's like all there is, is the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we really romanticize the uh, achievement part of it. And that disconnects us from what it actually feels like to get there. Yeah. So when we start going there and, and, taking the steps and and doing the work you start actually connecting which is kind of beautiful like in that moment you're like oh I have started this first step to get what feels like a million miles away Mm -hmm. but I'm now connected to it and now I'm realizing how many steps are between me and the thing yeah and before Before I could take the steps it's like you have no idea yeah 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 it could be a million miles it could be like one step away it's just like yeah, whatever you want it to be until you start walking. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And then you put yourself, you put your feet on the ground and you're like, oh, this is Long journey how here. it feels to walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've done that before, even with just literally walking where I'm like, I want to go on a walk. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. I could go anywhere <laughs> or like skateboarding, you know? Yeah. And then I start doing it and I'm like, mm, I'm a human being and I get tired. Like I can only walk or skate so far. And suddenly, True. like, that anything is possible feeling kind of, like, diminishes in a way yeah. because, like, you're finding this interconnection of, like, the physical experience and the mental fantasy. Yeah. Beautifully said. <laughs> Thank you. So external validation. Mm-hmm. You were getting a lot of it. Yes. It was a lot at that time for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, or maybe, I mean, I still, it's, you know, people are still nice to me about my art. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've just we gotten, want And we want that. We do want that. <laughs> um, 
I guess it was just like new for me to be putting it out there like that. Um, I'm curious what I'm taking us off a timeline now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could go back to the timeline if you want, but what has changed in you now that what is the internal motivation that you have, the internal, the validation that you give yourself? So, I mean, it, first of all, sometimes it's honestly hard for me to access it. And that's where I'm like, man, I just want to reframe my perspective so that's not as difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I feel inspired, it's like the creative process itself is what is inspiring me. Mm -hmm. And um, I would like to make that my primary motivation, which it is ideologically. Mm -hmm. Um, I just find that I, yeah, I mean, I would I would like that to be like my primary source of drive. And I've just found that I've developed a little bit of a dependence on positive feedback mm-hmm. um, to this day. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you're kind of in this, that part of the journey right now, like still. Yeah. It's just realizing that uh, not like how you were before where you were like, oh, my spark is ignited when I'm getting this feedback. Mm-hmm. Like you now know like, oh, I don't want to get my spark from there. Yeah. There's other places I want to get my spark. Well, because what happened was then when people had like comments um, or suggestions, even when they meant well and like maybe they weren't even trying to say something was wrong, I took it as that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I have to change this to make sure everyone likes it. Mm-hmm. And I started trying to make my music, like, universally likable and stopped listening to, like, what I want to make and got confused when people are like, oh, your sound's changing. I'm like, oh, is that a bad thing? I just, Mm -hmm. like, would get so in my head based on anything anyone said. I'm (laughs) changing. I can feel it. Yeah. (laughs) It's the original right there. Anyway, continue. continue. <laughs> no, I, I kind of reached a. I don't know. That was that was the thought. That was the you thought. Reached the end of the thought. Yeah, yeah. So in this place that you are now, mm-hmm. when, because I was talking to somebody about this the other day, you're not just an artist when you're arting. Yeah, you're not just an artist when you're making art, and it sounds like that spark for you is in the creative process Mm -hmm. how have you find found yourself feeling when you're not creating interesting I've never thought about that but I think I feel a little lost Mm -hmm. um yeah when I'm not creating and sometimes it's hard to like remember that's what I want to be doing even Mm mm-hmm um, and then I do it and I'm like, oh, this feels great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been focusing a lot on just trying to take care of myself and my mental health. Yes. And I think that's, wait, your question was, what? Are, how do you feel when you're not creating? Right? Yeah. Yeah. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. I'm 
at a point where I'm just like recognizing there's some um, like, yeah, I just feel a little lost sometimes. Totally. There is a magic when you're creating or when you're performing. Mm-hmm. And it is really difficult to find that magic when you're not. Yeah. I do. The other time I feel it, though, is um, yoga. Oh, <laughs> well, we have a yogi in the house. <laughs> um, yeah. Casey's not just a yogi. Casey is an official professional yoga instructor. <laughs> so talk about like that part of your journey. Um, <laughs> where where did that come in to play for you? When did you get passionate about that? That's so interesting. I've never thought about the timeline there. Mm-hmm. Very similar time to when I started like transitioning into like artist. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I discovered yoga because of a roommate. I'd like never even, I mean, I'd heard of it, I guess, but I didn't know anything about it. It's so so funny to hear you say that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I had heard of yoga. It's like, it's so part of how I think about you. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Yeah. And then I, my brother had had this like pass for a summer of free classes and we're like, I don't know if he had paid for it or something, but he didn't use it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I remember my first class and coming out of it like, whoa, I feel <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Um, and it was the first, basically I grew up, my um, main source of like exercise was sports and competition and mm-hmm. Um, I did, like, every sport that ever exists. And then, <laughs> <laughs> really, like, my parents were yeah. like, you have to try everything. everything. Yeah. Um, which, it was fun. Um, it was just, like, a lot. Yes. Um, and then I went to college and wasn't in sports anymore and, like, went to the gym because I knew I should. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really feel like I liked it. Yes. Um, so that was the first time where I did, like, a form of exercise Um, where I felt like mentally engaged in a very positive way. And then my body, instead of being like, oh, I'm exhausted and sore, it was just like, I feel free. Wow, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and then I just like went all the time that Mm -hmm. summer and started practicing on my own. And eventually it was like, ooh, like I could see myself teaching this one day. um, Recently got certified and since starting to teach I just like I I love it it's just sharing with the world what I love doing um one of the things I love doing yeah um yeah it's super fun and it I think the the reason I love it is very similar to music mm-hmm. it's just like my practice is mostly intuitive now that I teaching I, I'm teaching I do do some planning but especially when I'm practicing on my own I just kind of go into this meditative state and do what my body wants to do and it feels very creative Mm -hmm. um and yeah i so i love it for the same reason yeah i mean it it, it sounds like the same thing like the actual act is different you know physically it it looks different but those two key elements it's like i see why you love it so much because Mm -hmm. it's creating 
and it's sharing with others yeah. this experience. Yeah. So you know the things that are important to you that give you that drive to be live. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been teaching now? I think I started like, I guess about six months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you, like when you're an artist, there's this whole, uh, like we talked about timeline, you know, mm-hmm. where you're like, there's going to be one day where I'm selling out stadiums, <laughs> you know, like there's this whole growth, like expansion part of a music career. Mm-hmm. What does that look like in yoga? What is, what I think what's like? beautiful about it is I don't have any of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'm happy to do it. I, I don't teach like a ton of classes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I sub whenever I can because I like it. If a teacher's like, I need a sub, I like jump at it. Um, at, Currently, I'm, like, trying to leave as much time as I can for music, which is part of why I haven't, like, mm-hmm. actively sought out teaching at different studios and stuff. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's great that it's financial support, but mm-hmm. I'm just, like, very in the now about it. Um, there's not, like, some huge expansive goal for where I want to be or, like, it's not that business-minded other than, like, it's good for that reason, too. But I don't have, like, a huge vision for where this should take me it's just I'm doing what I want to be doing now which is like true of music too it's just it also has that whole other component that yeah has your experience in yoga inspired any change in mindset or story around music I think so um I am starting to like question what I really want Mm. um I think I do in in life just to clarify or in music or what you really want both yeah um so you know I I still like would love to make my vision for this immersive experience come true Mm -hmm. however I'm like starting to question is that journey really ideal for me? Um, Just because I'm so caught up in like future mindset with it that it takes me out of the now. Um, It takes me out of just like creating what I want to create. It makes me feel like it has to be perfect and um, achieve a certain response. And I think realizing I really enjoy not having that, even though I haven't really consciously thought about that. So thank you for asking me these questions. Um, I think that is part of the reason I am questioning my music goals and my, uh, how I see my life unfolding. Yeah. That's a really interesting and rich place to be in life. And how do you feel about being there? You know, because there's so many different ways to see that, right? Where you're like, I don't know what I want or I'm curious about what I want. It can feel a lot of different ways to be there. Yeah. How does it feel for you to be there? Um, reflecting on it, it's actually kind of freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I have a negative habit of beating myself up though for um 
losing the drive because I think my drive I've used to define me for a long time. Yeah. And yeah, these days I don't have as much drive. Um, but I do like that I'm more in the moment, but when I'm not in the moment, I'm beating myself up for being in the moment. (laughs) So it's, it's a weird mental complex I have going on. Yeah. Um, so I'm in a transition phase. But I think that that's so important to recognize because I think almost everybody can relate to being there. Yeah. When we are present, we're not questioning it. Mm-hmm. We're just there. Yeah. And we're experiencing it. And that's the stuff of life. Yeah. You know? and, but we are human beings that, you know, want things for ourselves and are moving forward and sometimes we stop to reflect on our past and sometimes we stop to maybe like plan about things forward and the second that you stop living in the present anxiety kicks in oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and it's hard because like that anxiety can be a beast and so if it's intense it's so hard to deal with And there's some other levels to it where it's like that anxiety can be a really interesting thing to look at, Mm -hmm. you know, when you approach it with a when you create a relationship with the anxiety. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I just I find it a little bit crippling. Yes. Um, And it's weird because I think my mind thinks like. Oh, if I'm like, you have to do better, my I'll work harder. Yeah. And that's what my mind is thinking when it's like beating myself up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of does the opposite. It just makes it hard to, you know, you have to be in the moment to be productive. Um, mm-hmm. But that's also like not the point. So it's it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, the productivity part is interesting, too, because it's like we are we get really caught up in that and putting mm-hmm. our worth into productivity definitely and there's a, such a difference between putting our worth into productivity than like getting value out of it definitely you know because then it's like it's like it's similar to the external validation thing you know it's like the productivity is are we requiring it or are we just like mm, that's nice yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like is this a positive comment on my instagram like fueling me like do I need (laughs) that comment or am I just like oh that felt good yeah a little boost so what have but this anxiety is super super real Mm -hmm. and can be super super gnarly so what are some things that have worked for you to deal with that meditation Mm. um and, you know, having really great friendships yes. to be able to talk about it, um, which I think kind of effectively do the same thing of helping you accept that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and friends judge you a lot less than you judge yourself. Yeah. And the point of meditation is to stop. Well, one of the benefits of meditation is to stop judging. Yeah. Um, or recognize when you are judging and then talking to friends it's like when you feel accepted that way you're like oh maybe I should accept myself yeah <laughs> um so I think those are two major ways 
Yeah, those are great tools. And the the way that they also relating to what we were just talking about, put you in the present moment again. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because <laughs> when we're it's so funny, we have these, this little mind and we like to think of it physically in our brain, but mm-hmm. that's not where it lives. We don't but know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, we have this little mind, mm-hmm. this cute little sometimes pesky little mind (laughs) and when we're alone like it it's loud it's it's so loud it's so loud and when we are with friends it's really hard to not be there with them yeah because they are little reflectors to show you i exist Mm-hmm. I'm in the present moment right now. Like, yeah. that's how I feel talking to you right now in this present moment. Like, yeah. the second that you go away, my experience of reality totally shifts. Is totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the other great thing is like hearing about other people's lives too, just like takes you out of your own and you're like, oh, other things exist than my problems, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a sobering experience. Yeah. Yeah. And hearing about other people that have those same problems, too. Yeah. You know, which is I'm I'm glad that we're talking about this because every person listening to this deals with anxiety <laughs> and every person listening to this is really hard on themselves. Yeah. With how they deal with it. And it's way easier to tell somebody like, hey, like you're here, like, mm-hmm. you know, than to tell that to yourself. Yeah. You know, because it is so loud. Yeah. Definitely. Tell me about your meditation practice. Because everybody, like, I don't want to say everybody has friends because that's not true. But <laughs> um, they, they at least understand what that means and looks like. Mm-hmm. Meditation, for those that don't do it, it's kind of this, like, enigma. Yeah, it's so, like, what? You just do nothing? Yeah. <laughs> so what is that experience like for you? And how did you get into it too so the first time i ever meditated was actually in a a junior high um theater class um and junior high surprising right Mm -hmm. i didn't know i didn't it wasn't called meditation he called it a the teacher called it a relaxation exercise sneaky sneaky um but it was guided and it was very like body scan focused Mm -hmm. and i think it was just a way Looking back on it, it was a very smart way of getting a bunch of kids in the present mm-hmm. <laughs> to have do really rambunctious activities that would be hard to keep people present. Yeah. So really smart on his part, but I didn't know it was meditation. Um, the next time it came up was in high school. There was an English teacher who was trying to get students to meditate. And at that time, like he was trying to teach the technique where... Um, well, his technique was like, say nothing every time your brain starts doing something to try to do that. And that was not resonating at the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm in class. I'm here to learn. This is what? (laughs) If you're an angsty teenager, that's not gonna fly. Yeah. Probably. So I was like confused and like, this is a waste of time. Yeah. Um, I just didn't get it at the time. And um, so the next time I experienced it was with yoga because you always end or most practices end with Shavasana where you just lie down and be. 
Um, and especially after the experience of really tuning in with your body, I think it's easier to accept um, space and peace like that. Um, so that was the first time I was like, oh, my mind feels better mm. after doing this. Um, but I never really started meditating independently of yoga till I don't know when I, I think I started kind of halfway through college. Okay. Um, and I started with like things to help me sleep. Um, so it was like a nighttime routine. And since then it's honestly been like an on and off habit for me. And I feel so much better when I'm doing it. Um, but yeah, it especially seems to correspond with my mental health Mm -hmm. when I'm doing badly, I stop taking care of myself and then I do worse. Um, but Yeah, so I'm actually just starting to get back into a phase where I'm habitually meditating. Mm -hmm. And right now I'm using Headspace because it's sort of like, it's a very introductory meditation um, app. And I find it helpful when I'm not like personally, it's just helpful to get back in that Headspace with that. But Um, I do really like unguided meditations at this point and Mm -hmm. just seeing what comes up in my mind. And like, I'll usually kind of adjust the meditation to what feels right in the moment when I am doing my own individual practice. Um, I also have this book that um, recommends certain meditations that I try. Um, But I'm currently in a phase of just trying to clear my mind as much as possible and accept what comes up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, yeah, your mind just has so much more space after Mm -hmm. you do it. Um, And it is just the practice of being in the now. um, And it translates to life. Um, You carry that energy with you either through the day or even into the next day. Beautifully said. (laughs) Yeah, I, I relate to that in so many ways. And hearing you talking about it, it's so interesting that when we are meditating or talking about meditation or have been meditating, that we have trained our mind to approach life and ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings like a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then when we aren't, like we get caught up in that anxiety mind gets so busy so active so tangled (laughs) yeah do you when you are meditating or getting back into a phase where you are meditating Mm -hmm. are you able to like reflect on times when you've been really caught up in judgment cycles definitely what what does that like mean for you what kind of realizations or connections come up for you there it's just the realization that i'm constantly judging myself when i'm not meditating yeah like every thought i have i just like i'm like evaluating as good or bad or something Mm -hmm. or um things just are good and bad it's just not conscious my Mm -hmm. thoughts are doing what they want to be doing um and i'm just like totally absorbed in what they're doing so i'm not like And meditation teaches you to observe that. It doesn't necessarily stop that from happening. It just separates you from it and helps you be aware of what your mind is doing. So, yeah, it's just, it's almost like you're dreaming when you're not consistently meditating Mm -hmm. because you're just caught up in your mind instead of 
I mean, I think you exist behind your mind. Not that that's necessarily a literal, a literal proposition to use. Right, because we don't know where the mind is. Right. <laughs> Outside of it, maybe. The, what preposition, yeah. Yeah. You are not your thoughts. Right. Which I know is like a really complicated concept. Yeah. And difficult to understand when you haven't cultivated the ability to step outside of your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. What does it mean for you to not be your thoughts? Like if it's this complicated thing to kind of describe, how do you experience that? What does that look like? Well, the main realization I've had from certain experiences and meditation is just that I really do believe consciousness is a universal force and it is expressed individually through minds. But with meditation, you can kind of like step away further, further and further away from like your individual mind. And if you get far enough, I feel like you can actually experience that collective experience. But um, it just feels like becoming aware of what is in a balanced and non-judgmental way where like good and bad ceases to be important Mm -hmm. and it's really a space of love i think because love is like or one aspect of love is acceptance um but when you enter that space of where you're free from your thoughts because the thoughts almost feel like a cage i guess yeah it feels like being free wow yeah sign me up (laughs) (laughs) that's wonderful yeah and so you started using headspace was that how you like committed after yoga like when you wanted to it was first like youtube videos youtube videos i discovered headspace from you actually (gasps) yeah oh i love that yeah um and even when I don't feel like doing the guided meditations, I like that it just like tracks your minutes and yeah, they have unguided options and it's just a nice app to have. You know, you said something that I wanted to bring up because I thought it was so interesting. This kind of like connection point between all of these things in your life, yoga, music, your your dream of what your, your like ultimate dream of what your music artist career looks like mm-hmm. meditation and also not meditation to me it seems like all of those things for you at least when you are in them you are immersed in them oh yeah my experience is very intense <laughs> i like yeah <laughs> I am a very sensitive and emotional person. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My family would always tell me I was too sensitive, which is something I've had to work out of seeing myself as. And they meant well. But um, I love that you say that about them and about the like industry guy, too, about, you know, it's like they mean well. They do. I think that's a really like that's that in itself is a hard thing to come to terms with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they so they mean well. It's you, like people when they say don't cry. It's like, yeah. I was watching a, a video on Instagram about that just this morning, uh, about how we're taught at such a young age not to cry. Was this on Mind Over Mood? No, it was Ziva Meditation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Mind mind Over Mood. 
that I what think you said? that's the handle Is that on Instagram. Yeah, I it's think like so. It's a mental health. It's okay. um, if I'm getting the handle right, the account I'm referring to is a a woman who has a lot of mental health labeled disorders, mm-hmm. um, and she finds humor in a lot of mm. it, um, which is a great way to deal with it, and I relate to a lot of it. Um, and then sometimes she just has little bits of wisdom to share. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I oh, should check that out. Yeah. Yeah. He, I love humor. Mm-hmm. For me, that's always been the best one. Yeah. I get, speaking of getting caught up in things, I sometimes need people to remind me of the humor. Yes. Um, you know what? So just letting listeners know this context. But before Casey and I had this conversation, uh, I pulled this animal card, which is sort of like a tarot card, um, and for what was coming, and it really described what I thought this conversation was going to be, um, I pulled the whale card. What the whale card said was a reminder to not take life too seriously. Well, that and resonates And you just right said now. the exact same thing. Because it's it was talking about how like when you go so deep, mm-hmm. which you, as an immerse, immerse, oh, I'm a very serious person. A lot of the person. <laughs> like when you're at the bottom of the ocean, like that becomes your reality. Yeah, you forget that there's something, there's a surface at all. Yeah, you're yeah. just in the deep. Yeah, definitely. And then when you like kind of step out of it, you can be like, oh. What are some things, because we were talking about that earlier, both in this podcast recording conversation and, and not, um, about how when you're in it mm-hmm. and you you stop ca- taking care of your mental health and things get bad, it's really hard to start mm-hmm. um, to do anything to get you out of it. So how what has been helpful for you? coming out of the deep or being reminded that like oh like this reality that I've been experiencing like isn't the only thing that exists right so what helps me realize that and get out of it mm-hmm. okay um or just realize it sometimes it's another step to get out of it you know you realize there's something else first yeah and then the steps to get out of it are, are hard in themselves but yeah well, I was actually fairly recently depressed, um, and it had been so long since I had been properly depressed that I actually needed help recognizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, so, just for transparency, I struggle with bipolar disorder, and um, so I have a psychiatrist and therapist, mm-hmm. and I meet with that them like once a month mm-hmm. and I had a meeting and started talking and um you know it, it's it's interesting because it became kind of clinical when it started to become clear what was happening in my mind and there's mm-hmm. like you know traditional symptoms of depression and there's like a questionnaire you can go through and if enough of them are true it's like you are depressed right and I know those symptoms very well because I have been depressed very depressed before but mm-hmm answering them in a row I was like oh that's true yeah that's how I feel mm. okay yes and it was like oh this is wow. I'm in a dark place right now wow. um and so for me medication is helpful to get me 
So my antidepressant, it doesn't make me feel better, but it gives me more energy. So I'm more able to start taking care of myself. Mm. Um, And then I can start like healing. Yeah. Um, It's not on its own going to like just like magically cure me. Right. Um, It's just going to give me, help me help myself. (laughs) Support you. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And it's hard to accept being on medication because it feels like you're reliant on something. But, you know, it's it's interesting. We don't judge it when it's like for diabetes or something. Yeah. Well, medication itself, like for other things, like we don't judge. But then it's just a a helpful thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just a Band-Aid. Yeah. When you put a word on it, like medication, it's like there's suddenly so much stigma around that. When it's like... You don't put stigmas on other things that get you through the day. Yeah. You know, that there's not a stigma around like I, well, sometimes there is because people beat themselves up over it. They're hard on themselves. But like I had to call my friend. <laughs> I was I was yeah, feeling it's... real down. I had to call someone. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same it's a tool. It's just an aid. Yeah. It's another tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one has been helpful for you. It has. And, and having... Uh, a psychiatrist and a therapist to reflect to you hey you're in this place yeah because when when you're stuck in any kind of mental state for me ups or downs it's just yeah I'm very in it Mm -hmm. I'm not conscious yeah and yeah it's it's just you don't realize what's happening because no space exists in your mind yeah um so it's very helpful to have someone help you recognize it. Yeah. That level like that level of support and conversation like in all areas of your life too. Like mm-hmm. I think it's so important for people to have a therapist or a psychiatrist that they feel comfortable sharing the inner workings of their mind and what they've been thinking and feeling. And, and uh, in addition to that, like normalizing those conversations that you can have with your friends so that your friends can help you, too. Yeah. Um, and just being like, how really, really are you? You know, and start yeah. sharing like this is how I've been feeling right now because it's so easy to be like, what's new? Like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, but to explain to somebody the way that you see the world that's a different conversation. It's <laughs> a very different conversation. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah, I think sharing is very important to get other perspectives. Mm-hmm. And when I first started struggling with mental health, it was so intense and new and um, life-consuming just because I hadn't experienced it before. Um, it was all I could think about even when I was healing. It was mm-hmm. like... And I felt like I had to share with everyone. So it was like that was actually when I started posting and figuring out how to like express myself on social media just because like I had to. Um, And it's interesting. I got very mixed feedback from being that open. Yeah. Because some people were like, oh, my God, thank you. I can relate to this. And I like some people are like, I don't even know other people feel this way. And because we don't talk about it. Um, most people don't. And other people were like, yo, get yourself together. Wow. And like, this is not the time to be posting. Like, 
it was like almost I was getting like lectures from shamed. some people like shamed. Yeah. And it's interesting. That still affects me. I mean, I, I understand once again, it's coming from a good place. They're like, focus on yourself. But that was my way of focusing on myself at the time. Yeah. Um, now that it is more of a conversation, especially on social media, I don't feel the drive as much to like post about when it's happening. Um, because it, it is a little more dull now that it's not so new. Mm-hmm. I can kind of process it a little better when I recognize it. And I think I'm just in a point in my life where I I don't feel as much of a drive to like share in that public of a way. I'm more intimate relationships are more helpful to me right now. Um, so I think that's like where those people are coming from. They're like, share this with people who can actually help you. Don't just like post that you're a mess right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. So that's affected me in a way where I think that's partly why I don't post about it as much anymore. Like I just had to at the time. Um, but talking about it now, it's like, you know, it actually probably helps a lot of people. Um, talking about it pub- publicly. publicly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everyone gets to, that's why I, what I was going to say was just like, you, no one else can dictate how you express the things that you need to say and and your voice you know, yeah. that you want to use and your journey. And <laughs> like, take a shot every time you say the word journey. Can you imagine Pal Podcast drinking game? Oh, man. Um, that would be a vibe. That's a vibe. I don't know if it's, it's not my vibe, but it's probably someone's vibe. Um the journey of figuring out what do I feel comfortable with and mm-hmm. what feels appropriate to me, like naturally because it's a public thing, like you're going to get haters, you know, but right. like the journey of finding how to use your authentic voice mm-hmm. should be from your own the way that it feels for you, you know, like did that feel like too much or did that person just make me think that? It was too much. Interesting, yeah. You know, um, I just the any any shame part of it. I'm like, oop, unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think because like social media is usually a highlight reel for people who are going on it for that reason. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is a dark thing. I didn't need to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what, which is interesting, and. I'm not going to get into a whole thing about this, but I just want to reference it. When they don't see dark things, a lot of times people see the light things that make them go dark places. Right. I you know? knew someone who like she opened up to me about being depressed and she literally thought everyone was as happy as they present on social media. She's like, yeah. everyone is happy. What's wrong with me? Right. And it's like, nothing's wrong with you. Not everyone totally. is happy. Yeah. Um, that that's what's being presented most of the time. But I think even social media is evolving now and it is more of a conversation. Like it just depends what you follow at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just um, people are generally posting the highlights, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, that's a great way to share your life too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can also follow people with like kind of causes. Do you like going on Instagram? I don't know. Loaded question, maybe. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting. I have gone through phases of being very active on social media. And generally, when I am, I'm 
not as much of a consumer. I'm mostly just like posting. Yeah. Um, when I'm not, I'm more of a consumer. Uh-huh. And I follow enough things that I like that I, I think I do enjoy it to a certain extent. But yeah, at this, I don't know why I don't feel the drive to share as much anymore. And mm-hmm. I felt a lot of pressure too as an artist mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. And I kind of very recently decided I don't want to conform to that. It's not oh, yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm going to post when I have something to say about my music. And if I or, feel like saying something else, I will. But I'm not going to be like, I have to post every day. Yeah. Because um, that's just exhausting. And it feels like putting myself out there just to be like, look at me for no reason. Just look yeah. at me. Um, and I don't like that. Yeah. If you're doing something because somebody's telling you it's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And how that feels. It doesn't feel good. It does not feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, versus the energy of being like, hmm, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah. And that's really better. powerful. That's really empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey, we've been talking for um, about an hour. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to look at my little questions here, which okay. just so everybody knows, I have like not really looked at this entire time. <laughs> um, not that there's no shame if I did, but I just wanted you to know all those questions came from a very authentic place. It's all been real natural. Um, so I'm just going to look through this and see, was there anything that I really wanted to ask you burning questions? Oh, okay. PAL is all about values. Mm-hmm positivity authenticity and love pal those were my values yeah that i realized that i wanted to start this organization based off of the things that were important to me and live my life around them what do you value okay (laughs) the glimmer in your eye right now it's funny just because like i recently did this exercise where it's like i'm gonna find my top five values awesome and i spent time doing that and that was a while ago, and I honestly don't remember my answer. So oh. this is going to be on the fly. Okay, great. <laughs> Love it. Um, Creativity, but in the way we've talked about it, more just like not just with art, just allowing life to happen and flow through you. Mm-hmm. Love, but not just like there's a lot of ways you can take that word. Yeah. I mean like genuine love. Okay. Just like um, true caring Mm -hmm. about people or things. Just those are my top two at this moment. I'll take that. Those are really, really good ones to have. Yeah. We definitely talked about creativity a lot. Mm -hmm. And there were some glimpses at love. Yeah. So we share a value. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Lo and behold. (laughs) Um, I mean, I love all the values of PAL. um, But those are the ones that resonate with me in this moment. Casey also uh, is a graphic designer and designed the PAL logo, just for everybody (laughs) listening. That was fun. It was definitely a collaboration. Yes, definitely. It's beautiful. Creativity. (laughs) The other question I want to ask before we really wrap it up is for any creatives that are at the beginning of their journey or in a a tough confused place in their journey what is a piece of advice do it for you mm. Mm. <laughs> okay yeah. i love it i will <laughs> do it for me same 
So we'll end the conversation conversation, but if you want to just tell people listening uh, if there's wh- where they can find you, what you want, um, if there's anything that they should look out for that you have put out that you are going to put out, um, if they want to reach you on social media, on the internet, all of those things. Sure. So I'm on all the social medias, but I'm definitely most active on Instagram. But my handle for all the accounts is Astrina Music. Astrina is spelled A-S-T-R-I-N-A. And um, my music is on all streaming platforms. And I have my second album coming out soon. Mm. And then I have some acoustic material coming out after that. So mm-hmm. lots to look out for. But if you're interested in like the announcements of that, primarily Instagram. But I will share to other platforms too. Awesome. Casey. This has been an amazing conversation. It's been lovely. Every one of our conversations is like this, but (laughs) this one got recorded. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody that's listening. We'll see you later. All right. How was that? How was that conversation? How did we do? Was that fun? Good first interview? If you're still listening to this, that's amazing. Wow. I love you. A um, few quick things, like I mentioned at the beginning, Casey slash Astrina's second album is coming out soon. If you want to go listen to that, go find Astrina, A-S-T-R-I-N-A. I think I said that correctly. Uh, on wherever you listen to music or on social media and give her a follow because she's amazing and super inspiring and let her guide you through an ethereal experience of what life can be. For things PAL related, I have more interviews lined up, more solo episodes, and I am super open to your feedback and your suggestions. So if you have anything that you want to say about the episodes that you've heard so far, if you have an idea for a guest or a topic that I should talk about for any creative person. We will talk about more things than just music. I know our first guest is a musician. I'm a musician. So that's just the way it worked out. But we will be talking about art and creativity of all sorts uh, on this podcast. But if you have any suggestions, hit me in the DMs, either on my personal account at the Hannah Bowers, or I just set up a pal Instagram recently, and that is at the pal community. So go follow us over there and say hi, connect with us, and let's build our community, our special little community. Not a little community. It's a huge community with a huge impact. We're really powerful. Um, And also important to say that if you are enjoying this podcast so far, if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I believe they're testing out a rating thing on Spotify if you have that. Um, that really helps uh, people find our podcast. And I think it's really important for people to hear these conversations. So it would be very helpful for our podcast starting out to receive some love over there. That's all I have to say. I hope you're having an amazing day and you are so special and important and wonderful. And I really care about you and wish you all the success in the world. I'm here for you. Pal is here for you. So many people are supporting you. So take care. And until next time, peace out.